Welcome to Cohen & Company's Chief Insights Tax Reform Edition podcast. This special series is designed to help business owners and C-suite leaders better understand the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act and its potential impact. Hello, I'm Ray Polance, a tax partner at Cohen & Company and head of our international tax group. Welcome to this episode of Chief Insights Tax Reform Edition. Today we're going to talk about a couple of the key international tax provisions included in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act aimed at broadening the U.S. tax base and bringing more income back into the U.S. Specifically, how will the so-called FIDI and guilty provisions of the new law affect U.S. shareholders of foreign corporations? I'm joined by Maura Corrigan, a partner in our tax department. Welcome to the podcast, Maura, and thanks for being here. Hi, Ray. I'm glad you invited me to participate in this podcast. I know many of my clients um, will be impacted by the international tax provisions, so I'm really excited to hear more about this. Well, these international tax provisions really changed the game for U.S. taxpayers. But before we talk about those, let's take a step back to talk about how we got here. Traditionally, our U.S. international tax system has been one of worldwide taxation, but with deferral for certain foreign corporate earnings. That meant that income earned from foreign subsidiaries was generally deferred from U.S. tax until which time the profits were repatriated back to the U.S., usually in the form of dividends. This really created a dynamic for U.S. companies to keep profits overseas to avoid paying that incremental U.S. tax when they were brought back. In addition to that, prior to tax reform, the U.S. corporate tax rate had a headline rate of 35%, which was one of the highest tax rates in the world. Many other countries in the world have corporate tax rates in the mid-20s or lower. So these dynamics really create an environment that encouraged multinational corporations to transfer profits to these lower tax countries and keep them there at times. One way that this was done was for companies to develop or transfer certain intangible value, such as patents, trade names, or trademarks, overseas to foreign subsidiaries, and then have the U.S. parent company pay royalties to those subsidiaries that were deductible in the U.S. and considered income in the foreign country, oftentimes at a lower tax rate. So, Ray, I've read many articles on why U.S. companies form corporations in other countries. And it sounds like there was certainly a tax incentive for these companies to do that. I think you might be telling me under these new provisions, things are going to change. Things have definitely changed. And the Tax Act really uses a carrot and a stick approach to addressing a situation we talked about earlier. The Tax Act creates both incentives and detriments to taxpayers who have too much perceived intangible value overseas, leading to profits escaping the U.S. tax system. So let's start with the good news and talk about some of the carrots provided by the new tax law. Well, the first carrot is really the lower corporate tax rate of 21%. Uh, so this new tax rate really puts the U.S. on par with many of our trading partners and other countries whose rates are in the mid-20s or lower. This really removes the incentive to shift income outside the U.S. to achieve a lower tax rate because now our tax rate is in line with other countries. Another important benefit in this new system is one that provides a deduction for certain foreign income earned by a domestic corporation. Basically, domestic corporations are permitted a 37.5% deduction if they have what is called foreign-derived intangible income 
or FIDI for short. Uh, this is a 37.5% deduction, and it's available through 2025, at which time the deduction decreases to 21.875%. All right. So for businesses who sell products and services overseas, I think these businesses need to sit down and reconsider their current strategy based on what you're telling me, because it sounds like there's a tax rate cut from 35 to 21, and now there's an available tax deduction for certain sales. Is that right, Ray? Correct. After the tax deduction, domestic corporations will pay an effective tax rate on FIDI of 13.8%, which is the corporate rate of 21% less that FIDI deduction that we spoke about. So at this point, many listeners might be wondering, what exactly is FIDI? Well, at a high level, FIDI is the portion of a U.S. corporation's intangible income that's derived from serving non-U.S. markets. More specifically, it's the foreign portion of a corporation's deemed intangible income. Generally speaking, the deemed intangible income is a corporation's taxable income above and beyond a reasonable rate of return. And for these purposes, Congress has determined a reasonable rate of return to be 10% of the average of the adjusted basis of a taxpayer's depreciable property. The foreign portion of intangible income is comprised of two main components of income. The first is income from the sale of property to any non-U.S. person for foreign use. And second, services provided to a person or with respect to property located outside the U.S. So it's very important to remember that this benefit is only available to domestic corporations meaning that individuals, S-corporations, and partnerships will not benefit. Well, that's interesting. So if businesses are structured as flow-through entities, I think they need to consider um, restructuring as a C-corporation. This is another tool that they're going to need to decide what to do. Is that right? Well, the FIDI deduction is definitely one of the factors that need to be considered when businesses are making that decision. Another thing to note is that the long-term benefit of this FIDI deduction is still a little bit uncertain. Even though it's permanent in the tax law, it's likely to face challenges by the EU as a violation of World Trade Organization obligations. However, these challenges are going to take time, and the ultimate outcome is uncertain. In the meantime, corporate taxpayers are permitted to claim this FIDI deduction. So, Ray, one thing I thought about is the use of an IC disc. I know many businesses in the past, as well as many of our clients, have used this technique to reduce the tax impact on their companies. Is this something that's still viable? The tax reform did not change the taxation of IC discs. IC discs are still viable under the new tax rules. However, uh, generally speaking, the lower tax rates for both corporations and pass-through entities Uh, may cut back on the disc benefit that's available. And these FIDI provisions are really intended to reward similar types of behavior that IC disc rewarded. Uh, There's a lot of similarities. Uh, Both the disc benefit and the FIDI provisions provide a permanent tax benefit for taxpayers. But it's important to remember that IC discs are available for any type of taxpayer, whereas these FIDI provisions are only available to domestic corporations. So, Ray, you talked about the carrots, and the carrots are healthy and they're good. Talk about some of the sticks. There are a number of provisions that prevent U.S. taxpayers from eroding the U.S. tax base. 
One of the examples is a new rule that requires U.S. shareholders to include in gross income their share of what's called global intangible low-tax income, or GILTI for short. This is income earned in foreign subsidiaries that was likely deferred from U.S. tax under the old regime. Unlike the FIDI provisions that only apply to C-corporations, the GILTI provisions potentially apply to all entity types, just in different ways. So these guilty provisions, they should discourage U.S. taxpayers from holding intangible assets like patents and trademarks in foreign subsidiaries to use them to strip out earnings um, from the U.S. Am I saying that right? That's correct, but these guilty provisions are really much broader than that. They cover both hard intangibles like the ones you mentioned and also soft intangibles like workforce in place and general know-how of a business. It's really about what Congress deems to be excessive foreign corporate earnings. If foreign subsidiaries are too profitable, then the guilty provisions will likely require a portion of this income to be currently included in the U.S. tax system. And for these purposes, too profitable really means having income greater than 10% of the controlled foreign corporation's qualified business asset investment which is the quarterly average of depreciable tangible property, less certain interest expense. So this guilty provision sounds very onerous and complex, but it sounds to me, based on what I'm hearing, is that C-corporation taxpayers are going to get a little more relief than other flow-through entities. All U.S. taxpayers are not created equal under these new rules. There's definitely benefits to being a C-corporation with respect to many of these international tax provisions. With respect to guilty, there's two main benefits to being a C-corporation. The first is that domestic corporations are permitted a 50% deduction of their guilty inclusion. This effectively makes the U.S. corporate tax rate on guilty 10.5% for C-corporations, which is the 21% corporate rate less the 50% deduction. In addition, domestic corporations are permitted an 80% foreign tax credit for the underlying foreign income taxes paid by the subsidiary. Generally speaking, after considering those benefits, many domestic corporations will not have an incremental U.S. tax on their guilty inclusion unless they operate foreign subsidiaries in low-tax jurisdictions. All right, so it sounds like these new international tax provisions have done a complete 180 on taxpayers here. Um, I certainly have to add these to my checklist when I'm talking to my clients over and above all of the other domestic provisions. But Ray, what are the takeaways from today? If I'm a business that has international sales, what are my takeaways? I think there's two main takeaways that listeners should be aware of. First, taxpayers with foreign subsidiaries really need to analyze how these guilty provisions are going to affect them. And this is especially important for pass-through entities who will not be eligible for some of the benefits that are available to C-corporations. Secondly, taxpayers need to consider whether these FIDI provisions will benefit them and use this as a consideration when analyzing their entity structure. And with that, I think we'll wrap up today's podcast. Thank you, Maura, and thank you to everyone who joined today. Have a great day, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Chief Insights Tax Reform Edition. Subscribe to this podcast series at cohencpa.com slash podcasts. 
To gain more entrepreneurial insights that may impact you, visit us at cohencpa.com impact. Cohen & Company is not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Information contained in this podcast is considered accurate as of the date of recording. Any action taken based on information in this podcast should be taken only after a detailed review of the specific facts, circumstances, and current law. 